guys, it's Ananya and welcome back to the Desi Reality. Today we have a very special guest with us today. She has her own podcast called What Cause Inspires You, a nonprofit organization called Needed But Forgotten for providing suitcases to foster children and has been featured in many places such as NBC Chicago. Let's welcome Alicia Gupta to the podcast. Hey, Alicia. Hi, thanks so much, Ananya, for that warm introduction. I'm super excited to share a little bit about my journey with you all. Um, and, you know, we'll take it from there and see, hopefully we can make some impact with this podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for coming on. And I'm so excited to talk to you. Of course. Okay. So I think we should just jump right back, right into the questions. First of all, uh, as you know, this is about mental health and you do so much. And I also know you're South Asian. So what does mental health mean to you and how has that affected you as South Asian as a whole? Yeah, for sure. I think the best way to describe what mental health means for me is with the story of actually why my podcast got started. Um, So all throughout high school, I was cyberbullied and that definitely took a toll on my mental health, my emotional well-being and just how I was performing overall as a person. Um, Throughout, you know, my cyberbullying journey, I bottled up a lot of emotions. Uh, I Mm -hmm. can't tell you why I can't really put a finger on it. But, you know, I didn't have the courage to speak up. I didn't have the courage for a long time to tell anybody, whether it was teachers or parents, about what I was going through and really thought I could go through it myself. Um, and, you know, solve all my own problems, which is not which is not the case, especially when you're going through something such, so big like cyberbullying. So come senior year, you know, I've had it. I it was the peak of the pandemic and I finally felt like I had the support system I was looking for both at school, at home and just all around as a community to speak up on this injustice. So I started the podcast with a one episode about cyberbullying in my experience called hashtag behind the screen. And from there, it kind of expanded to actually starting, you know, national chapters to teach others about how to speak up on this injustice and how to detect signs of cyberbullying. So I guess what mental health means to me in the South Asian community is, you know, it's not always spoken about and it's not always easy to speak about, especially if we don't know what the other person is going through. But just having that open conversation and being willing to detect mental health as not only, you know, something that affects a lot of our youth, but also something that is a real health that we need to take care of and nurture every single day, I think is super important, especially coming into South Asian community, um, since it hasn't been spoken on too much recently. Yeah, for sure. I think that's an amazing story. And I'm so sorry that happened to you. But turning that into something so positive and so impactful is truly something that's very admirable. So Congratulations on doing that. That's so commendable. Thank you. Of course. So kind of going off that, I know you have your own podcast, which is amazing. So do you think your podcast has helped you better your mental health or has it ever overwhelmed you at some points? How has that affected you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that it's definitely helped me better my mental health. Again, everyone kind of heals in their own way. Every Everyone goes through their own mental health journeys in much different ways. But I think what's important is actually detecting what works for you. And what worked for me was just speaking. Um, Anytime I'm able to get on a platform and kind of portray my thoughts, 
-hmm. I was opening myself up, also being vulnerable, but opening opening myself up to realizing my own emotions and sharing them with others in hope to help them go through something that potentially I was going through as well and really build that community and network. So while the podcast has obviously been a ton of work, kind of just a side job as a whole, I think it's been a really good outlet um, Mm -hmm. for myself to just share my thoughts, share my impacts, help people along the way, also connect to others who could potentially, you know, I could learn from, could learn from me and really, you know, build kind of this mutual beneficial relationship that converts into a community that's able to stand together throughout everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and I are very similar in that way. I, I think that's definitely a coping mechanism for me too. And I think that's such a positive reason to start a podcast so yeah that's amazing that really is so we kind of already touched on this but I guess if you have more that you wanted to talk about what is your podcast all about specifically and I know you started it for you know your personal reasons but are there any other reasons you started it as well yeah for sure um so again you know at the peak of my high school career I wanted to start a nonprofit. I was really into social justice and community service and even thought I was going to go into political science for a while coming into college. I'm not, I'm a business major, but kind of how that story goes is, you know, I started this nonprofit and being the 17 year old I was, there wasn't a lot of resources out there for me to expand, not only as like a youth entrepreneur, but also in the social impact sector. So I came across Humanity Rising, which essentially is an organization aimed to amplify the voice of students and gather all the resources together so they can grow. Coming to Humanity Rising, I realized really quickly that we needed more student voices out there. There were so many youth who were making change in the world and just didn't know how to either express themselves or didn't have enough of the community support behind them to expand to the points that they could potentially expand to, Mm -hmm. which is kind of, you know, to begin with is because I saw this need in both myself and others in the community that youth were the ones making the change now, and we needed a platform to support them. So our podcast runs every single week with a student series with kids from around the world. Um, I think we've reached 15 U.S. states and four or five international countries um, with kids coming on every single week talking about the service they're doing and how community members can aid in that service. And we recently expanded to also professional perspective series that features C-suite CEOs and celebrities such as Rain Wilson coming to talk about their social entrepreneurship journey, as well as a scholarship division to actually help fund students monetarily. That's amazing. That's a lot of stuff that you're doing. And I think just a small podcast and expanding it to that level is amazing. So you're doing great and keep doing it because I think you're truly making like a huge impact. So yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. That means so much. Of course. So I know you mentioned that you're a business major, which is amazing. And you're obviously, you know, an entrepreneur right now. So have you ever struggled with any significant obstacles that are unique to being such a young entrepreneur? Yeah, for sure. I think that's actually one of the biggest obstacles when I was starting my podcast is, you know, I was 17, 18 years old. Who's going to take me seriously? There was a bunch of that imposter syndrome coming in. Um, pretty quickly because I was talking to, you know, professionals who were well into their 20s or older and had a lot of industry experience. And I would doubt myself, like, how can I compare to people with such expertise? Mm -hmm. Um, And it was 
some of my doubt, but also some of other people's doubt in me because they're like, she's so young, you know, she hasn't had that experience. And to that, I would say, sure, like, you know, you're not going to have the schooling that they have. You're not going to have the job experience that they have. But I don't think that discredits what you know and what you're passionate about and the smaller experiences that count for it. So I would, you know, really convince everyone out there to stick to whatever you're passionate about, regardless of your age, because now more than ever, youth are making the changes. And the reason is because, you know, Gen Z and the society that we're growing up in today has such social conscientiousness. You know, we, we were born, we were grown up in the midst of this pandemic. And that has just made us realize so many things on a social justice level that can be really beneficial. And those small experiences, regardless of, you know, where you've worked in the past, are what really shapes people's views and beliefs. And those views and beliefs are now gearing towards a more social justice, social impact mindset. Mm -hmm. And so if you have that passion, if you have that impact and you really put your mind to it and are willing to listen and learn from those older than you and younger than you, then I think you can really accomplish anything that you want to. Yeah, I love that. I feel like I've probably dealt with something similar as well, especially with being taken seriously. Uh, But I think what you're saying is so true. Your passion cannot be discredited no matter what your age is. Passion is passion. And that's a huge part of taking initiative. So if anyone's listening in, I've gotten so many questions before about taking, you know, taking a stand or trying to make an impact. And I think definitely taking all of Alicia's advice. That's a great way, the great place to start. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with that. I've gotten Mm -hmm. so many questions about, from youth about, you know, I have a passion and how do I really like act on it? How do I take advantage of that right now? I don't know where to start. And that I would say, you know, you just have to start with outlining what that passion is and who, who it can benefit both yourself and all of the parties involved. And then put together like a guidelines of step-by-step plan of how you want to attack this problem. Um, whether that's a good, a service, obviously that's the entrepreneurship in me talking, but you know, plan out what exactly you need to do to act on your passion. And once kind of you have those, those steps, nothing really comes in your way. It's just a learning experience from then. And the other thing I would say is really lean on other people. When you're able to lean on others and then to lean back on you, you're forming such a greater bond and the social network. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to help you expand rapidly because when you're learning from others and you're sharing mutual experiences, mm-hmm. and I'm a big advert, advocate for experiences help you grow as a person but also in your career yeah and it also takes time I mean I don't know about you but for me personally planning this podcast took three to four months for me to plan out each stage that I wanted to expand and you know my ideas and I had like a full written out binder thing like it was a lot it took me a while so if it takes you a while I think it's it's okay I don't know how long did it take you to come up with your podcast and everything Oh, 100%. Um, so it kind of came out of the blue a little bit. I decided to start with that first, you know, podcast about myself and my own experiences. And that took me around, I want to say three weeks to plan. From there, I actually shut down the podcast temporarily, which is kind of weird, because I only released one episode, you know, but I really wanted to, like you were saying, have all of like my ducks in a row, you know, know exactly where I'm going next. Um, reach out to the professionals I needed help from, people in my organization, other students I wanted on board. 
So I shut down for two weeks and literally just grinded. I set up Google Docs. I set up networking advice. Um, and I think the biggest thing that I did that helped me along the way is I built a team. And so I took it more than just myself and my vision. And when I got people on board, you know, they came with their own perspectives and they came with their own skill sets. And I think that really helps us expand. Um, after this two weeks, we opened up again and applications flooded in. I think we were booked for the next five months weekly um, once we opened up applications that week in March. Wow, that's a lot. That's great. That's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great, great, great way to like, start start something up especially if you just take time to you know plan everything out i think it always goes so much more smoother and yeah it's that's a great idea and that's a great initiative as well so i also know that you are a i guess you could say someone who loves speaking and being a public speaker uh so what has been your motivation to become a motivational speaker has there been anything in your life that's kind of motivated that to happen yeah definitely um you know everything just kind of leads to itself. Um, I like to backtrack here and just remind, you know, my high schoolers listening in, even middle schoolers, even college people that, you know, yes, every decision in your life is important. Um, I say this because my brother's going through like college applications right now. And he thinks that it's the end of the world with what, you know, college he chooses. And, you know, I thought that too, when I was, when I was going through college applications, but every decision in your life is important, but it's not the end all. And so a lot of, you know, a lot of my trajectory of how I became a motivational speaker just came with like happenstance. Mm -hmm. Things just kind of led into each other. So I did speech and debate for, I think, all four years of my high school career. And I was decent. You know, I, I made it to nationals a couple of times. I made it to some tournaments, but I was never like the top team. So I got pretty discouraged because, you know, I was like, why am I not placing every single competition like teams I see? Um, and I credit that to me not being a good speaker. So coming out of high school, I was really discouraged. I was like, no, I'm not the best speaker out there in the entire world. I can't ever do this. Speaking uh -huh. is not for me. Um, but then when you have something that you're really passionate about and like just really want to share with the world. I think that's how speaking became such a great outlet for me. Mm -hmm. um, it just came with me taking a chance on myself, um, me gaining the courage to say, hey, you know, I want to speak about this. I love writing. I love speaking. Mm -hmm. But I really think that my voice can help others. And hearing students come back to me after that first podcast saying, you know, now I feel more comfortable to open up about my experiences even if I'm not a speaker, gave me comfort in knowing that anyone can speak about any topics. Um, it's really about what you're saying and how it impacts the other people that matter the most. And I think that's kind of led me to wanting to become a motivational speaker and speaking at conferences and, you know, keep on keeping on, oh my God, <laughs> keep working on, you know, refining my abilities and skills because if I want it bad enough, then you just have to work to it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, feedback is such a motivator. I mean, personally, I'm also, you know, I, I've also been debating. I'm a high schooler, but I've also been debating, you know, for as long as I've been in high school. And there's there's this separation between speaking and debating, and at least the, in the kind of debate I do. And 
it's pretty discouraging if you are doing great in the debate section but not the speaking section or great in the speaking section and not the deba- on not the debate section and i think that can also be quite discouraging and i think just listening to feedback was a huge part of making me want to continue this podcast so yeah feedback is a huge 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 motivator for me as well i, I think it's so important to to know you're making an impact for you to finally like believe in your voice and believe in the impact you can truly make so yeah that's definitely very true yeah, 100%. I think, you know, the feedback and just listening to what my mentors have said, obviously, it's going to be harsh at first. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's a great learning curve, because you finally get to a point where you're confident, but also you're slightly not confident, because there's room to grow. Exactly. Um, and once you kind of hit that peak, it's like this perfect balance of, you know, I love what I'm doing, and I know I can take it further. Right. Yeah, absolutely. The good and the bad all is they're all helpful. So Yes. Um, Moving on to our next question. Oftentimes, many people struggle with knowing what they want to pursue in life. And I know we've talked about this a little bit before, but was it easy for you to know what you wanted to do in life or did it take some trial and error? I know you said you wanted to do political science. So how how did that go about? Oh, yeah, it was absolutely not easy at all. Um, (laughs) I was switching so much. And, you know, I talked to a lot of college students before I entered college. And they were like, yeah, I switched my majors a bunch of times. And I was like, no, couldn't be me. I love planning things out. Um, I love having my whole life story, like, planned when I was super young, right? But that's not not at all what happened. Um, Yeah, so Mm -hmm. I wanted to be a poli-sci major. I was really into social justice. Mm -hmm. I actually wrote a few bills to amend in our city council, and I thought, you know, this was the perfect career for me. And then entrepreneurship came into the scene. When I started my nonprofit, I quickly realized that I really enjoyed the business principles of starting something and innovating something from ground up than the social impact. And it's not really weighing one over the other, but if you just look at, you know, career explorations, it fit better into a social entrepreneurship lens than a policymaking um, law lens. And, you know, maybe that'll change again in the future. I have no clue, but that's kind of what prompted me towards entrepreneurship was that innovation piece. And then coming into college, I took that one step further. I I do have a certificate in entrepreneurship and innovation, but I dug a little bit deeper and said, you know, what in entrepreneurship am I really interested in furthering? And for me, that was marketing and business analytics Mm -hmm. and strategy. And I really enjoyed talking to other startups through my podcast. You know, I was exposed to so many startups. Um, I really enjoyed talking to them and then kind of seeing their own growth patterns and seeing how they could expand and helping them with a marketing strategy mindset. And so that's why I decided to major in marketing and minor in business analytics, Mm -hmm. um, hoping to go into some career in VC and consulting strategy. But again, so many things are up in the air and it's really just about exploration and always digging deep into why you're doing something. I think that's helped me refine my professional journey a lot is, okay, I'm interested in this big field, but why? Mm -hmm. What part of it? What component of it? And keep asking yourself that question for as, you know, as long as you're working, Mm because it's going to keep changing. And I think that's the beauty of it. Yeah, I think it's hard to, you know, especially if you have planned out your life, and you kind of knew what you were doing, and now you don't, it's just like, it's kind of hard to accept that you may not know what you're about to do in your life. And I think it's okay to have that open mindset, you know, because life changes and so do, you know, 
your passions and so do the places that, you know, you learn things from. So yeah, I think that's a good mindset for all of our listeners to have as well. Please like don't put pressure on yourself to know what you're doing. It's okay if you don't know what you're doing. But, yeah, and yeah. things work out in the end. I'm, I'm a big believer of like you take baby steps mm-hmm. and you end up where you're supposed to be if you're putting your mind and heart to it. So. Yeah. Well, well um, I think that's probably the best advice that someone could give. You put it so well. So yeah, I'm taking that as well. <laughs> but yeah, so I know that, you know, obviously it took some trial and error to find what you truly loved. But now that you've kind of found something that you really love, is there something that keeps you going, even if you start to feel a little bit overwhelmed or stressed out from everything going on? Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like this is a very similar question to, you know, who motivates you and who keeps you going. Mm -hmm. Um, And there definitely are people in my life that do, including my family and friends that have been the biggest support. But Something that I realized and something that I've kind of turned a negative into a positive is all the people that doubt you. So like I mentioned before, you know, cyberbullying was a really big part of my story. And there was a lot of haters. There was a lot of people coming online, bashing me, making fake accounts. And at some point, I turned that into motivation Mm -hmm. and will continue to do so hopefully. So I think the people that doubt you, the people that tell you that you can't do it, all the more reason for you to go and do it and don't for anyone but yourself but I think it's just an added benefit and added push to say hey you know I'm capable of more than the world thinks I am um so that's definitely been a really big motivator for me is sticking to myself um staying true to who I know I am and then portraying that on social media on media and PR um through my podcasts and features regardless of what people say or what people think Mm -hmm. um the other thing that kind of keeps me you know underwhelmed through the whole stressed out process of work and life and being a college student is taking breaks. So if we're going back to that piece on mental health, you know, work-life balance is so incredibly important. And for a person who works from like 7, 8 a.m. all the way to 6, 7 p.m. at 9, almost 12 hours straight, I make it a point to go out, get sunlight, meet Mm -hmm. some friends, cook something, read poetry, dance in my room, you know, have chats with my parents at home, mm-hmm. call up or FaceTime that friend because those small breaks that we're giving ourselves are not only, you know, for our social life or for our mental health, but they're the reset button. Yeah. They're our brain taking a little bit of a break saying, hey, it's okay. Life is good. Life is mm-hmm. short. We're taking it one step at a time so that when we're ready to work again, you know, our mind will switch on. And I don't, I don't think people realize it that much. Um, and it's easy to get sucked into kind of this rat race to keep going and keep pushing yourself. But the breaks will help you go further. And that's something I've learned through, again, just <laughs> suffering um, because I didn't get myself breaks and saw the consequences from it. Yeah, same. I've gone through the exact same thing, especially during COVID. Taking breaks is super important. And I feel like a lot of people tend to feel guilty when they take breaks. And I think it's super important to get out of that mindset because giving yourself time to rest is only going to help you do better and feel better. It's not bad for you. I used to think it was bad for me, but yeah, I 100% agree with that. Definitely. So when you were reaching out to other people and, you know, expanding your podcast, I'm sure there was a lot of difficulties that came, but 
I know that, you know, being South Asian, I'm just wondering if there were any specific obstacles or difficulties that you had that you think some people in your field that are not people of color may have not had. Have you had any of those experiences by chance? Um, yeah. So specifically in, you know, the speaking field, I've been super, you know, fortunate and privileged that I haven't faced any of those obstacles. I think mainly because I have such a great diverse team on my back. And so I get so many different perspectives. I get helping hands all the time. Um, and it's really a team effort at the end of the day, regardless of who's the face and who's speaking. And so it's been a great run. I really hope we don't face too many of those obstacles. But um, in other fields of my life, I definitely have. For example, you know, my entrepreneurship field. I'm interning right now at a VC company. I've been in a bunch of accelerators and incubators. And even, you know, the entrepreneurship scene on college campuses that I've seen, it is very heavily Caucasian dominated and also male dominated. So oftentimes I go into a room and it, whether it's a breakout room or a small accelerator club, of 25 people, I find myself the only female person of color. And I don't think that's something I can single-handedly change. I think that's something I can encourage my other female people of color to enter um, and, you know, be the person that gives them the hand in or be the person that gives them the courage to go pursue that life in VC or entrepreneurship. But it really is a societal thing that we need to encourage as a whole and support as a whole. So there have been difficulties entering those fields. Again, it's just the more representation we get in there, the more we can pull people of color and females and minorities in with us as well. And I think another field that I faced obstacles in is recently I decided that I wanted to refine my Instagram. I wanted to have more of a presence that represented who I was as a whole uh-huh. other than just my social life. And so I started advocating on my social media. I started influencing for sustainable brands. I started supporting other small businesses and nonprofits and just sharing pieces of my social impact life with my audiences. And it's been a really hard um, field to infiltrate. You know, social media influencers, there are some people of color coming up there, and that is so amazing. There are some sustainable brands and small businesses um, run by founders of color and minorities, and it's been great to see them grow and expand. But if we're talking about a holistic view, Caucasian. Um, And I think, again, we just need to shed light on the fact that that is still a trend that's going, whether it's in the fashion industry or with beauty standards, and then just start to break it away slowly through holding hands together and encouraging each other and um, putting the spotlight on those that we see can actually make an impact um, for our communities. Yeah. For sure. This is that's also one of the reasons why I started this podcast, just bringing representation. Honestly, it's it's hard, especially if I feel like if you look back at little me or like little any of us, you know, a lot of us didn't have that many, uh, I guess you could say South Asian influencers growing up. You know, it it just wasn't something we'd expect uh, in mainstream media. And I think you know, bringing that to people's attention is really important because then we're able to have more representation and grow more in that aspect because I think there is so much lacking in so many fields that even if you want to take a step forward in one field, it will be such a huge impact. So yeah, I think that's super important, especially considering 
so many young kids look up to, you know, look up to see South Asian influencers and they may not even see as many because of the lack of representation. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially when we're, when we're talking about kind of even that social media aspect, whether it's like, you know, you're going onto social media to talk about fashion or beauty, or even if you're going onto social media to give lessons in business, science, tech, etc. I think just the social media presence as a whole and putting yourself out there as a creator or an influencer and naming yourself as those things, um, I think is super important just to show that we are on the same level playing field. I know a lot of really powerful um, female people of colors and in the South Asian community that will have a really strong social media presence, but won't title themselves because they don't feel like they deserve it or they don't feel like they're in that same, you know, category as other quote unquote influencers. And I think that's something that we need to start with breaking is, you know, go ahead and slap that title on if it means you are acting as a role model for an, a little South Asian girl who's right. going to look up to you and see like all the amazing work that you're doing. Exactly. Um, so it's those small baby steps that I think we can do to show, show more representation overall. Yeah, for sure. I, I've talked to so many people, especially if you like look back at a couple of other episodes I've done and a couple coming up about just lack of representation. And a lot of these content creators will just feel like they're not a part of the influencer community just because that's not the normal influencer norm, if you know what I mean. And that's just... Yeah, exactly. I know. And it's just like the only way we're going to be able to break through that influencer norm is by being the change and, you know, openly being that change. So I think bringing more influencers that are part of the South Asian community to people's attention is the first step to do that. So, um, yeah, I think there's great influencers and so many that I haven't worked with that I want to work with. And I think, you know, little by little, we're going to eventually grow to have that representation. But for now, I think we're slowly doing any, like some progress. And I think that's great. So. Yes, definitely. I completely agree with that. All right, so our very last question. Um, I know you were talking about how you started something you loved and how that's really kind of changed the way you've seen yourself and, you know, what you're doing in the future. So obviously there's a lot of people that are hesitant to take that huge step forward. So what would be your advice to those who are hesitant to start to do something that they love or they, they think would go somewhere? Yeah, for sure. I, I would say literally just go for it. Um, we were talking about planning, you know, planning out what you're going to do and putting those steps in plan, but that's only after you take a first step, mm-hmm. right? You need to just make the time, dedicate some time out of your schedule as if it was another class that you were taking another extracurricular that you were a part of exactly. and just take a stab at it because the worst thing that happens is you don't go forward, but you still gain this amazing experience that you're able to learn from and, and talk about and grow from. And so I think just putting some real serious thought and time into whatever you love and you're passionate for can go so far in the future. Even if you decide to change that love or passion, um, exploring it more, doing the research, talking to people about it. Anything to really expand your horizons is a great first step and a needed first step to start any movement or or really just explore and dive into your interests. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Honestly, if you're kind of the kind of person who overthinks, I guess my advice would just be like, it's okay to impulsively start something because my podcast was in the works for a while, but the day I recorded an episode was super impulsive. I just woke up in the morning and I was like, you know what? 
I'm recording it, I'm posting it, and I'm just going to start because I'm not going to start if I keep overthinking this. And I think that was something that definitely gave me that passion because I automatically saw the response and I was like, oh my goodness, I can do this. And so I think just taking that step forward is super important. And once, once again, just like you said, worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. You still have an amazing experience that you've grown from and learned from. So yeah, I couldn't agree more with that piece of advice. Yeah, I think that's great. If anyone is listening into this um, and was on the fence about starting it, I think this is their call to just go for it. Yeah. And, you know, no day is too late to start um, and no day is too early. And I think what that means to me is, you know, don't wait for tomorrow. Don't keep pushing it out. Mm -hmm. Just go for it. Even if it's like at midnight and you can't fall asleep and you're like, let me just hop on my computer and write a few notes out. So if, as long as you have something going, as long as you make that first step, then everything kind of just falls into place after that. This is your sign. Like, if this is your TikTok yeah. for your page <laughs> through Instagram, through a podcast. So <laughs> this is your sign to start doing what you love. But yeah, thank you so much for coming, Alicia. Guys, be sure to check out her podcast and all of her initiatives as well. And I really enjoyed talking to you. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much, Anania. I'm so glad that you're doing this podcast with us. Thank you. All right, guys, I will see you guys in the next episode and be sure to drink water, eat food, and take care of yourself because you deserve it. Bye, guys.